we made it to the finalists, then we made it to the winner, and, and then we took a trip out to San Francisco for the award. But it was it was a lot of fun, and um, uh, they they do more than just um, rating of of honey and all sorts of craft foods. Not not craft with a K. No. <laughs> This this comes out of the the slow food movement. Hello, this is Casey Nelson, and I'm owner of Two Million Blooms in Urbana, Illinois. All right, Casey, thanks for joining me. So, why the name Two Million Blooms? Yeah, that's that's a interesting story. Thanks for having me on. The Two Million Blooms name came about um, when my wife and I were just uh, just starting to get interested in, in bees and beekeeping. And uh, I remember we were we were in the car reading um, all these facts about bees, honeybees in particular. Uh, one of them we stumbled upon was the the fact that to to produce one pound of honey. Uh, foraging bees have to visit two million flower blooms uh, to gather to gather the nectar from these blooms and bring it back. But that just blew our minds, and um, we thought, "Hey, we're you know we're going to be selling one pound containers of honey. What better name than two million blooms?" So when a customer purchases a bottle, they essentially have the essence of of two million flower blossoms. Uh, they're holding in their hand. It's one of those things that, you know, we are, we're so far removed from our, our food system. You know, you, you go to the store with a, a little child and, you know, they think, you know, carrots come from the store. They don't know that they grow in the ground, you know. Wait a minute. Are you going to blow the lid off of Big Ag right now? <laughs> I thought they had a room in the back where they, it was the carrots room where they grow the carrots, yeah. you know, and and, and uh, there there's the Cheetos room where they grow the Cheetos. They grow Cheetos and yogurt back there and <laughs> everything else. I don't know. It's maybe part of the the educational aspect that we want to incorporate into the business. And I think they, our customers seem to appreciate that. They're a lot of times just, you know, as astounded as, as we were when we first learned that fact. So, so a pound, if I've got a jar of honey and it's a pound of honey, I know that to get that pound, two million flowers were visited to get that honey. Yeah. Okay. So, you, so it's you and your wife behind two million blooms. How did you become interested in beekeeping and honey? Um, well, and that's another fun story. Um, we were um, being awakened to you know, the whole grow, grow your own food movement and uh, documentaries like Food Inc. You know, got us a little riled, that kind of thing. Uh, so we started doing more just gardening in the backyard. And I wanted to, to keep bees for a while, but people I talked to said, no, no, you, you don't want to do that. It's, it's, it's kind of tough time for bee farmers. And uh, there's a, a learning curve and cost to get started. My dad, you know, he had friends who were beekeepers and said, it's tough, probably need a mentor. But I, I heard, heard about a, a farm not too far from here, uh, Fairmount, Illinois, Long Lane Honeybee Farm. David Burns and his wife, Sherry Burns, they've been teaching bee classes for a long time, selling equipment. And they were having a class, uh, beginning beekeepers class. And I uh, found out about it. It was going to happen in the spring and uh, asked my wife, what do you think about taking this class? And she's like, ah, I don't know. I said, well, it's, it's Valentine's weekend. What if we make it a date? And uh, she's like, oh, okay, maybe. Um, if it's just, you know, the two of us and it's a date. 
Uh, so she went into it pretty reluctant still, didn't really like the idea of, of keeping stinging insects in the backyard. But um, Dave and his wife, they're, they're just such great teachers, communicators, and they just have so much fun teaching that um, by the end of this day-long, you know, beginning beekeeping class, uh, they get to the end of the class and they're like, okay, so we're taking orders for, for this season. You pick up your bees in May. You guys get first dibs. So let us know if you want to purchase any, how many do you want us to put, put you down for. And my wife looked at me and she's like, okay, how many are we going to get? <laughs> so so she, she was reluctant at first. And then you were like, well, it can be a date night or a date day, right? Yep. She was like, oh, okay. All right. Which, by the way, guys, if you're ever looking for something original for a date, yeah. taking a beekeeping course would be good. And then at the end, she's all in. Oh, yeah. She, she probably would have gotten more than just the two that we started off with. But. So, so help me out with this. Two, uh, two what? Not, not two bees. No. Um, so typically, um, there's different ways to start. But most traditional way is you purchase a package of bees. And they, they call it a three-pound package. And literally in, in Georgia, Florida, uh, Texas, where they have a jump on the season, they've got a box. It's about a shoebox size uh, crate. It's got screen on two sides. And they got that sitting on a scale. And they just dump bees into this box until it weighs three pounds. And then they they put a virgin queen in there and cap it. And they can ship it. They, they've been shipping three-pound packages through the United States Postal Service for Long time. So you're talking about, uh, you know, they're they're dumping the bees in. They've got them on the scale. They got to get to three pounds. And for some reason, a Pixar type movie comes in. There's a scene where you know the bees are being dumped in, and and some of the some of the bees are friends, and they've already been dumped in, but others they aren't quite there yet, and the scale is almost at three pounds. And uh, yep, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, so how many years ago was this that you guys the class was uh, 2014? So um, we haven't been in it for too long, but knew immediately, you know, after after first season that, you know, I wanted to be in this um, more than just a, a little hobby. It was uh, just so engrossing and I felt like, gosh, this is, you know, it's something I could be learning for my whole life. And it's, you know, it's, it's stimulating. Uh, you, you've got questions and, and you once you find out the answers to those, it usually introduces more questions. And, and then there's probably a great community. You've got the benefit of the internet. So there are probably plenty of places for you to congregate with other beekeepers online. Yeah, there's a, and, and uh, especially here we've got, uh, there's, a, there's a club, SEBA, uh, and it's, it's just uh, local beekeepers that try to get together um, more regularly during, during the summer, during the, the season. But I learned a long time ago that you don't ask a farmer how many acres he farms. Is that kind of the same thing with beekeepers? Is it taboo to ask how many hives do you have, where are your hives located? Some, well, it, because it varies every year. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really mind uh, letting people know how, how many. Um, this year, I had five over winter out of eight. So kind of a average uh, loss for winter. Um, yeah, I've had as few as two and as many as, you know, 34, something like that. Wait, so eight, eight is like a normal year, but you've had as many as 34? 34 colonies. Yeah. That's called sideliner. Uh, pretty much anything over 25 to maybe a hundred colonies would be a sideliner. And then after that, you're, you're commercial. 
your big time. And that's when you start getting discounts on the uh, beekeeper suits and... <laughs> They're probably giving you free stuff by then, yeah. They want you to endorse, so you've got the beekeeper suits, you know, with the, the patches like the NASCAR guys. Yeah. You're sponsored, sponsored <laughs> yeah. by... Uh, You're sponsored by... Yeah. What about... So we hear uh, often about the bee population and how important it is to our global health and we hear, oh, the bee population is down or the bee population is normalizing again. So so where is the bee population right now? Uh, honeybees are doing okay. Yeah, you've got, you've got pressures from pesticides. You've got um, probably the biggest is, is the mite. But really, it's, um, what's more threatened are the other bees, the, the native bees. And do you have more control over that? I mean, I don't even know how queen bees come about. Do you, as a as a beekeeper, have the ability to produce another queen and saying, okay, I, I want to go to, I want to increase the size. I want to go to 50 hives. Yeah, there's, there's what they call uh, queen cells. The colony is raising many, many replacement queens. You could, you can basically take any one of those queen cells with a frame of bees and stick it in a box and then you've got the bare essentials of a colony. So uh, there's a saying you can, for a beekeeper, you can, you can make honey or you can make more bees. It's, you can't really do both. If you're going to split you know, your colonies in the spring, you're going to have a drastically reduced volume of honey. And it's my understanding that you guys early on won a pretty big award, right? Yeah. So that was actually when we were first starting out, kind of... Uh, entered this contest on a whim, didn't really think anything of it, didn't even really know what the the contest uh, was all about. Um, you just poured some honey in an envelope, mailed it off to California. And <laughs> yeah, heard of this thing called called the Good Food Awards. So we uh, sent in a couple bottles and it's, it's a blind tasting of honey. And then they also look at, you know, your beekeeping practices. Uh, we made it to the finalist, then we made it to the winner and and then we took a trip out to San Francisco for the award, but it was it was a lot of fun. And um, uh, they they do more than just um, rating of of honey and all sorts of craft foods. Not not craft with a K. No. <laughs> <laughs> this this comes out of the the slow food movement. Okay. Which is um, sort of the antithesis of the fast food movement. I mean, no no offense to the Big K company that's up there off of uh, Bradley Avenue in North Mattis. The big noodle on the corner. That's a different kind of craft food. Yeah. <laughs> so Casey, how would you describe your honey? Because I imagine like with wines or with hot sauces, every jar of honey tastes different depending on the time of year, where it was grown, a particular hive, you know, what the conditions were like when the bees were in the hive. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you about our first time tasting honey from our own back backyard. And that was, we just uh, harvested. Uh, we used the crush and strain method, which is basically, we didn't have the right equipment, didn't have an extractor. So we just crushed the comb that was full of honey, strained it out from the wax. And we tasted that and we thought immediately, wow, this is I think this is what honey is supposed to taste like. <laughs> so that, of course, you know, got us even more excited. Um, and we shared all that with friends and family for Christmas. And uh, I, I guess it's kind of akin to, uh, like you said, wine or, or, or coffee. Uh, I heard it said the other day, someone just started doing a pour over and they had a friend taste it for the first time. They'd never had a pour over. And the, the person commented, you know, this makes my coffee 
tastes more like coffee. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of the honey you buy uh, in the supermarket, honestly, a lot of it comes from China. The U.S. doesn't produce enough honey here in the States to satisfy the need. So, a lot of it's imported. Uh, and so, maybe biased, but <laughs> uh, a lot of that, it's either diluted or, you know, they'll use uh, corn syrup or, or rice syrup to substitute uh, or to thin it down. You know, the, the packets of, of, of honey you get from KFC or something like that, that's not honey. And it even says on on the package. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Now, now, don't disappoint me here and tell me that my Honey Nut Cheerios don't have real honey in them. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, a lot of uh, foods they, they do add honey to because it lends uh, some other complex flavors that you wouldn't get from you know beet sugar or, or, or corn syrup. Uh, so, it's, it is put into a lot of foods for that reason. It's, it's actually, um, by volume, it's, it's, a, it's sweeter than um, other sweeteners. So you, you you get to use less of it. All right. So honey is sweeter. And I once heard, is this true? I once heard that honey is the only food that doesn't spoil. Yeah. If if it is kept sealed and no moisture is allowed to, to get into it, hundreds, thousands of years, it could stay good. Um, it's hygroscopic. So it is naturally in its natural state, uh, which is very unnatural. It does ha- has a, such a low water content. Uh, it doesn't have the environment to allow... It to spoil. Okay, and the bees, the bees actually bring it down to that state. So the people who who make beer, craft beer, they're gonna they're gonna tell you why you should be drinking a beer a day. <laughs> you as a beekeeper, a honey producer, you should probably be having honey every day. So what would you recommend that the average person consume every day? Should I have a teaspoon? Should I have a cup? Um, some people don't don't even like honey. Um, Wait, what? what? So- <laughs> I'm not going to force it on them. I mean, I'm being serious here. I thought that honey was one of those universally liked foods. I personally, I like honey, but I don't use it every day. Well, I mean, it's still technically a sugar. It's a sweetener. At the end of the day, it's still it's still a sugar, which we should have in moderation. Now, every, everything in moderation, including moderation, by the way. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I like that. That's good. We should do moderation in moderation as well. That's great. I like that. Um, so, I don't know. If you're going to choose a sweetener, though, and you're not repulsed by honey, I would uh, say it's it's easily one of the most ethical sweeteners. So I'll throw that out there. If especially if you buy local honey, you know it's going to have the fewest food food miles. You probably heard that term. How far does it go to get to you? Do you have people from out of town, maybe in other states, that regularly order from you? They prefer your honey. Uh, I haven't had an inventory up for a while. I've kind of uh, removed that the in, the in stock uh, inventory. So instead, I'll get emails say, "Hey, do you have any honey?" <laughs> And I'll oblige, you know, sell them something. You're like, uh, yeah, you know where I live. Just drive up uh, under cover of darkness, uh, put 20 bucks in the can, and then uh, I'll leave the honey out for you. From, from a business, you know, perspective, it's probably, you know, not the smartest thing to, to have product that you're sitting on and not selling because, you know, uh, you've got other things to do. But I got to tell you, though, you know, as, as far as food not spoiling, you keep the lid on it. Uh, the next big event that comes along. It's there. You know that you and your family are set for honey. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm going to let you go. Um, any parting words for anybody listening who uh, thinks they might be interested in beekeeping or making their own honey? Um, I would say, if you can, 
tag along with a beekeeper to see if it's something that really interests you. Because just jumping in, buying all the equipment, there's some costs. There's a significant upfront, you know, expenditure to to get going. And I hate for people to to buy all the equipment and the bees and then find out it's not for them or they're not having fun doing it. So look into being an apprentice. Yeah. SEBA uh, is a great resource here in uh, East Central Illinois, the club. Um, is that C-I-B-A? C-E-I-B-A. It's it's kind of backward from usually it's uh, C- Central East Illinois Beekeeping Association. And there's a Facebook page. But yeah, uh, it's it's one of those things. There's there's sort of a steep learning curve, so it's good to have a mentor. Yeah. Or uh, if you're like me, just if if you're so engrossed, you're gonna watch just a ton of videos, read a ton of books, and if that you know keeps your interest, then I'd say it's it's probably a good hobby. Casey Nelson with two million blooms dot com t w o million blooms dot com. Thanks for joining me on the show, Casey. It was a ton of fun. Thanks for having me. All right, that's the show. And if you have a comment or suggestion, my email is steve at holstein.co, or you can use the link that's in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. You'll also find a link for the newsletter in there. Sign up for that. You'll find out who's coming up in future episodes of the show. You'll get some show notes, you'll get links, and you'll get my pick of the week. That's pick as in picture. Check that out. I hope you have a great day or night whenever you're listening, and I'll talk to you soon.